the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. I think it's 10 o'clock. Is it it 10 is o'clock? 10 o'clock. Thank it's you very much. It's been a much. busy week, hasn't it? <laughs> Thank you very much, Renee. Thank you very much. Nevertheless, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. If you have a car question or a car problem, now's the time to call in. And we're here for two hours. And sitting next to me is my wife and business partner for the last... 145 years. Yeah, I feel like it. <laughs> uh-huh. Just mm-hmm. keep making fun of me. It's not that good that five minutes into the show and you're already... <laughs> I'm making... hoping you'll fire me so I can go do my other stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that ain't going to happen. Uh, I can tell you that much. Okay. All righty. Well, this portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Brian and Thelma, who own Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. Since 1970, they've been in Mesa providing expert auto care, maintenance services, and everything from the big jobs to the small jobs. They're on Main Street, just east of Stapley. Main Street, east of Stapley, the south side of the road. They have ASC-certified technicians, and they will send you friendly reminders when your car may be due for service. Of course, they don't know the exact miles, so they typically put in the miles you're due at this time. So if you're 5,000 miles away, you don't have to take it in. But they do play by the rules, and they're a really good shop or I wouldn't be talking about them. So that's Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing on Main Street, just east of Stapley, the south side of the road, and the only shop in Mesa that I actually feel comfortable recommending. All right. Oh, my goodness. We've got a caller already. Gil, you are an amazing person. I'm all ears. (laughs) Say hello to Martin. Martin, good morning to you. How can I help you? Hi, Mark. i got a problem with a 2000 Taurus. Um, just to give you a little background, I replaced the AC compressor the other day, but I also noticed that the fans don't come on when um, the AC comes on. And there's some issues there I've got to deal with. Anyway, right after I did that, I started the vehicle. It's running fine, and all of a sudden it quits. And I crank and crank and crank. Nothing happens. I double-checked that there's fuel. There's fuel there. I can smell it out of the gas tank. I know there's air, and it just wouldn't turn over. So I thought... Ignition module, dummy. I went and changed it. Nothing happened. But it, actually, it had done this intermittently. It would start and run great. The next time I started, nothing. This morning, I was checking things again, and it started, and now it's running, but right in the middle of running, it just quit. So I've got, obviously, I think, an electrical issue. I'm just wondering if you have any wild ideas of what I might try to check, ignition or key or some other control module i just don't know well you always start um you you missed an important part of all of that um if this is a crank no start 90 percent of the time this is a crank that's what it is now when it when it first did it it was it would 
cranked and it wouldn't start, I'd shut the key off, and then it would start right away. And it's progressively gotten worse where now it's 90% crank and maybe 5 or 10% it starts. And like I said this morning, it's running and then just shut off by itself. The other I, times, I, I heard you. I heard you. Stop, yeah, stop, sorry. stop. I heard sorry. you. I was trying to help everybody else understand that what you said, 90% of what you said, doesn't really mean anything if we're standing on the other side of the counter. So this is a crank, no start, intermittently it does start. And you said you checked ignition, but you didn't check fuel. So you don't know if it's a fuel supply problem or not. I did check fuel. And how did you do that? Two things. Before I before I checked the ignition, I had it crank and I went back to the exhaust and I could smell raw gas. That's not and even I also, a valid test. Okay. I also went to the fuel rail and I could hear the, the I could hear the pump come on prime. I went to the fuel rail and put the valve off and drained it. You know, it it relieved the gas. I cranked it again and there was pressure there. So okay, maybe that's not good enough, but I'm assuming that was telling me that there's fuel there. Okay, well, I don't have the ability to sniff a tailpipe and tell you whether or not there's fuel in it, and I've been doing this for 39 years. And you certainly don't have the ability to release the pressure at the Schrader valve and come to a conclusion that that's, in fact, what needs to be done. You need to use a fuel pressure gauge. And the fact that it intermittently runs would suggest that it's a fuel starvation problem. The fact that you can cycle the key on... Um, then that also indicates it. So this is what you're going to do from this point on rather than spend a whole lot of money. And this has nothing to do with the AC, by the way. Um, What you're going to do is is you're going to turn the key to the on position and count to five. I didn't say crank. I said the on position. You'll turn it it. off. You'll turn it back on and count to five. Then you'll turn it off, and then you'll go into crank mode. If it starts and runs during that period of time, Almost every time we have primed the fuel pump three times or two times. Yes. So, and and what we're doing is building pressure. Now, it doesn't mean it's the fuel pump. It means that we don't have enough pressure. So the question now is, is is the backflow valve, um, check valve in the fuel pump bad? Is the fuel pump bad? Is the fuel pump relay bad? Or is the fuel pressure regulator bad? The fuel pressure regulator's job is, is to ensure that we have front fuel otherwise it's a faucet at the end of the loop so if we want to boost pressure we shut the faucet if we want to drop pressure we open the faucet when the fuel pressure regulator oftentimes goes bad it lowers the pressure and returns a whole bunch of fuel to the tank so you 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 really haven't even eliminated spark yet because when it dies you have to check for spark and, and you have to pull a plug wire and put an old spark plug in there and hold it to ground and crank it over. But it's going to not run because of spark or fuel, and, and I don't think you're close to either one of those. Um, Look, I, I think... I did, I, sorry, I neglected to mention I did have a spark plug, the little light you put in line, and I did that on a two or three of them when it was cranking, and I didn't get any, didn't get any flashing light. Okay. So you replaced the ignition module. Where was that located? It's located up on the, as you open it, looking straight into the hood, it's a little to the right. This is a transverse engine, so it's the front kind of right corner of the engine. Okay. It's it's a big piece, you know, a big, large, heavy thing within the six wires, you know, and then the coil wire coming into it. Okay. All right. Well, um, you know, it, it, I know. It's, it's kind of one of those things, Martin, where 
I say this and you say I already checked it, and then I say this and you already checked it, but I'm going to go back to what you can argue with, and that's fuel or spark, and I don't think you've eliminated either one of them. Um, what okay. bothers me the most is how much did you spend on the module? It was eighty nine. Well, eighty nine dollars at the AutoZone. Okay, all right. Well, that's what you now. Do you have a can of propane, or do you have like one of those little propane torches? Yeah, I I thought about trying that when I I just didn't because when I saw that the spark wasn't doing last night, it was nothing was happening. I just again I've had you know older cars. I've had the little ignition smaller modules that go out, and I just assumed that was it. Like I said, well, maybe not the I, smartest thing, but. No, yeah, and by the time you get done guessing, um, you're going to feel feel really bad because typically most shops would diagnose this um, for you know what you spent guessing or even less. the The thing of it is, is the ignition module is only one of the things we're picking up the pickup assembly or we're picking up the circuit that the engine's cranking from the distributor or from a crankshaft sensor. Right. I'm not familiar with your 18-year-old car, but I'm guessing here. So the question is, is you can replace the module, but again, it was a guess. So we ha- can eliminate the, the pickup assembly or the crankshaft sensor, and you don't have the ability, no matter what your toolbox right. looks like, to test either one of those. So no, I there'll, there'll be a There'll be a time where you just kind of give up the ghost, and, and you know, the thing of it is, where's the fuel level right now? It is full, and actually the vehicle okay. is, is just not too far from full. Okay, all right. Well, that helps me because that means the water pump or the fuel pump is being cooled and the, the tank isn't an eighth right. of the tank where your wife would probably leave it and my wife probably leaves it there as well. So we're if we're covering up the fuel pump, then at least we're lubricating and we're cooling it, and that should be good enough. But anyway, thank you very much, Martin. Good luck to you, buddy. Good luck, and I'm just going to put no crank or crank but no start. Yeah, and, and it's probably better that he goes and has it tested and before spending a whole bunch more money because he could spend a lot of money doing all those parts well and and youtube university kind of helps with that Mm -hmm. you know not too long ago just for fun and i do this actually on a regular basis i'll take a particular situation and i'll google it and i'll go into youtube university and i'll go to all those different places and they have ford forms and chevrolet forms and all that kind of stuff and i'll look to see what they say it is right and that's that's quite a bit different than the rest of them because it's just really a matter of what they say it is. Yeah. So uh, it, it's really it's really rare that you're going to find the answer. The Honda um, quad that we have here at the ranch that sure. we use. Um, remember when it didn't shift electronically? Right. Okay. You can't believe U2 University was oh, it's going to be the switch. No, it's going to be the the solenoid. No, it's going to be the neutral safety switch. No, it's going to be fuel. No, it's going to be spark. You know what it was? No. The battery. Oh, yeah. I do remember because you had to take that off. Okay, now he didn't say anything about a check engine light being on either. Would he have had one? Well, it didn't seem like it was running long enough to set the light. Remember, he said sometimes it would start and then it would die. Yeah. All right, let's go to the other caller. Who we got next? We have Steve. Steve, good morning. Hey, good morning, Mark. Appreciate what you do. Well, thank you. Thank you. Hey, Mark, uh, quick question. Um, I've heard you explain uh, at different times when you have a, a, a vehicle, a car with all-wheel drive, and it's got some miles on it, and you have a tire go bad, you should replace all the tires. Did I hear that correct? That's correct, yes. Okay. So what I drive is an 07 uh, Toyota FJ, and it's a manual transmission, so it's full-time four-wheel drive. And I'm driving out to California next week. And uh, I have my tires that are on are all 285, 70, R17, 
My spare is a 265. Can I run that at all as a spare if I happen to need it? Yes. Yes, you can. I mean, I would. Uh, what I don't want to do is, is I don't want you to hop on the freeway from Riverside, California, and come all the way to Phoenix. But certainly you can use the spare appropriately to get to the next shop or the next discount tire or whatever. Yes, you can. Okay. Um, That's I all would I needed inf- to know. I would inflate I would inflate the spare to its maximum written on the sidewall so we can kind of blow up the tire, the circumference of the tire. Now give me the two sizes again on that, please. Uh the four I have on there are Michelin uh two eighty five seventy seventeens. They're on an all terrain tire. Okay. And then the the spare is a two sixty five. That's the factory that's the factory uh okay. size. Two sixty five seventy okay. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay, so it's we've got an insignificant difference with respect to uh, the tire uh, circumference, so to speak. The 70 series is the relationship between the sidewall and stuff like that. 17 is the wheel size, but 285 and 265. To be perfectly honest with you, I'm not real worried about that. But like I said, again, long trip, I, I, I would pass on that one. Okay, okay, so... Just get it fixed. If I have a problem, I mean, I only have 10,000 miles on the tires, and I don't expect any issues. By the way, the tire says I can maximum 65 psi. What would be a good? What do you think for that for that vehicle would be a good air pressure to run in? I just run what's on my door. Okay, yeah, I want you to look on your door. But does the tire say maximum load 55? 65. 65. Uh, maximum psi 65. Yeah. Wow. That's it's a 10 ply tire, I think. A 10 ply tire. I think so. It's a it's a okay. it's a it's a Michelin. Um, it's 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 a Muddens M and S A T tire. Okay, all terrain, all terrain, all terrain. Yes, sir. M and S is mud and snow all terrain tire. Um, I yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I always like to run my cars at maximum. What the tire says. You sacrifice a little bit of ride, but you get better fuel economy. The tire lasts longer, and if you hit a curb, the tire will bounce you off the curb as opposed to cutting the sidewall. So there's lots of benefits, but I I think because we're so close in size, I would look at the door sticker, then I'd probably draw the middle out of it. So let's pretend oh, that the door good. sticker for 44 and you got 50, uh, what is it? 60. 65? Uh-huh. Okay, so yes. 45 to 65, I'd probably pick the middle and go to 55, and that's where I'd go. Okay. Well, that sounds like great advice, Mark. Thanks, thanks, and have a great weekend. Um, thanks, too. Same to you. We're going to come back in uh, just a second, but the lines are wide open, and Gil is snoring in my ears, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982. That's over 35 years ago, helping family and friends with their collision repair needs with unparalleled honesty, integrity, and quality. We have grown into the finest collision repair facility in the Valley of the Sun. We are located on 19th Avenue, one half block north of Deer Valley Road. We're open Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 12 noon for estimates. Give us a call at 623-582-1434 or visit our website at www.phxbodyworks.com, view our YouTube video, or read our Yelp reviews. Remember, it's your vehicle, and you decide who repairs your vehicle, not the insurance company. We work with all insurance companies on your behalf and eliminate the stress of dealing with the repairs. We are not beholden to the insurance company. At Phoenix Body Works, we work for you. Life is on the line and on the ballot this year. There are many important issues in this campaign, but one is fundamental, the right to life. 
Sadly, Kirsten Cinema and Anita Malik support taxpayer funding of abortion providers. Kirsten Cinema and Anita Malik even support late abortions after 20 weeks when the baby can feel pain. Kirsten Cinema should never be in the Senate and Anita Malik should never be in the U.S. House. Martha McSally and Dave Schweikert know better. Martha McSally and Dave Schweikert will vote to keep your tax dollars from paying for abortion. Martha McSally and Dave Schweikert support laws to protect unborn babies from painful, late dismemberment abortions. Unborn babies can't vote, but you can. On Tuesday, November 6th, please vote for Martha McSally for Senate and Dave Schweikert for the U.S. House of Representatives. Paid for by the National Right to Life Victory Fund at nrlvictoryfund.org. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. NRL Victory Fund is responsible for the content of this advertising. Well, welcome back, everybody. 20 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and we're here at your service. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to talk about Kurtz real quick, and then we're going to go to the phones. Kurtz is a great shop. I-17 and Bell, northeast corner. Crick, uh, Kurt. Kurt, Jeff, and Eric. Boy, it's a team that you couldn't draw better cards to. Kurt's a master, and so are the two boys. All three of them work on cars. They help one another, and three heads are better than one, and this is a situation where there's no question about that. So if you're looking for a car repair shop, they've been open since 1987. They work on both gas and diesels. They have ASE certified techs and master techs sitting there ready for your car. So he works on domestic and gas and diesel and all that stuff. I-17 and Bell, northeast corner, called Kurtz Auto Repair. Okay, we're going to go to Jared. Jared, good morning. How can I help you? Well, I've got a 2011 Versa, a Michelle Versa, and uh, the major symptom is occasionally the uh, shift will go from first to second. It won't shift electronically. It'll just slam into gear to second. Okay. The tack will go to zero, and sometimes it won't start. And the cruise control uh, will blink and be inoperative. And it will not do it regularly. You can't make it do it. And uh, just seems to be intermittent. Okay. And, and, and when you when you say it, uh, you have a situation where, where you say you know you you it's intermittent. You only have two choices to make here. Choice number one is easy, and that's guess until you fix it. That's not always the best idea. The second choice is this. Wait till it gets it worse and easier to find. Now, I'm going to assume you haven't checked, said anything about the check engine light, so that's not been on. Is that correct? That, that is on. Okay. Well, that makes a big difference. We'd want to look at that. I'm thinking that I'm going to guess here. I don't want you to go out and work on your car based on some idiot on the radio guessing based on looking through your eyes, but... I'm thinking you got a speed problem, a speed sensor problem that would affect the transmission and disable the um, cruise control. So we may have lost the speed sensor sensor signal from the car to the computer. Therefore, the computer is shifting it out of whack, and the cruise control has been disabled. But that's a wild guess. Okay, but with the check engine light is going to be tell us what city the problem's in. It's in Denver, Colorado. Good. That that could be climate control. That could be engine. That could be emissions. That could be transmission. But that's kind of the city, and then we have to find the address and the street number. So this isn't really a tough one. Do you have a garage you deal with all already? 
Yes, I do. I've gone to them, and they tell me the same thing the dealer tells me, that they can't do anything about it unless it's misbehaving at the time I bring it in. Okay, so the check engine light wasn't there when you took it in, or it was there, no, but they... the check engine light was on. Okay. But they said it was just kind of some obscure code. Okay. Well, here's yeah. one, something you can do. Um, we're going to kind of do something different. I want you, when you drive it, I want you to manually shift it. So when you go, instead of going to drive, I want you to shift all the way to the bottom of the letters. And then I want you to go, and then I want you you to click the shifter, then click the shifter. I want you to manually shift it and see what happens. That might help us all close in on what the problem is. I have done that, and it makes no difference. Another thing, too, when it uh, does misbehave, let's say for a better term, uh, if I just pull over, shut the engine off, put it in park, start it up again, everything's happy. Okay. Well, that's that's with any computer. Sometimes we you shut the car off, and it's called a key cycle. So you shut it off, turn it back on, and everything's gone. That doesn't really help us, but it does strongly suggest we have an electrical malfunction somewhere. But, you know, the bad news is if you wait till it gets worse and easier to find, the worst case that can happen is it breaks down and it doesn't start. But if you have insurance that covers towing or if you have some kind of a road service thing, it's no real big deal. But, of course, right. it could be in an unfortunate circumstance and, you know, you have to go to the bathroom or your wife wants a drink and you're on your way to the <laughs> oh, bar or goodness. something like that. I don't know. But that could – it had just – but you, I agree with the shop and the dealer in the sense that in the absence of any de- definitive code, then we have to wait till it gets worse to easier to find. Okay? Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Good luck, Jared. Um, Tom, you're up next. Oh, that was Tom. No, that was Jared. That was Jared. Okay. Well, then I wrote it wrong. You're so mixed up. Tom, I'm ready, buddy. How can I help you? Okay. Good morning. Um, I have a 97 Dodge Dakota with a V6, and it seems like every year I'm replacing the battery on it. Is that possibly because like a bad quality battery, or is there something else that may be the cause? Because it's putting out enough voltage, I think 14 volts that the alternator is putting out, but it just seems like every single year I'm having to replace the battery in it. Okay. I, I think they're just, unfortunately, we need to, to test everything when you have a year-old battery, and and that includes we look at the condition of the battery, we look at the tag that says 400 CCA, we test uh-huh. it, and it better be at least 400 cca. We look at the voltage, and it should be 14. Then we crank it over, and it should not drop below 9.6. Then we do a volt drop test between the positive and negative circuits. So if we go to the ground of the engine where the starter's at, and if we go from there and we find out that everywhere else in the ground circuit it's 13.2, and then we find this circuit it's 9.8, then we go, oh, we're having a tough time providing a ground to the starter, which would make the battery look bad. So there's just a little bit more. And here's the good news. Forget about the three-whiskered kid at the auto repair shop, because first of all, you always test a component where it lives. Okay? Uh-huh. You can't take your alternator and your starter and your battery down there, because the little three-whiskered kid can't do much. The information he gives you and his focus, in Mark's opinion, is to sell you stuff. 
So okay. you're, you're, what do we, on an electrical systems check, where are we? It's like $45 okay, so, with tax and everything. And we're in the middle of the world mm-hmm. because Andy, our daughter, does make sure that, that the average on the low side is 35 and the average on the high side is 55, and we pick the middle. Right. But but I'm okay. telling you, that would be something. That, next time you have a battery problem, that would be a, now a, a drain or a short could do that as well. And so okay. when you shut the car off, we have a draw. And and for us, that's easy to fix because we have inductive amp probes and we wrap the cable. We see the draw in an amp probe. Then we start disconnecting things until it goes away, okay. <laughs> you know, and pulling fuses until it goes away. And then you look to see what's on the fuse. I make fun of how easy that is, but identifying the circuit is one thing. Identifying the problem in that circuit is quite another. So yeah, I just think, uh, and you're not going to buy, you know, 89% of all the batteries in the United States are made by Johnson Controls. They yep. they have they have all these batteries come down the chute and it's a you know seventy eight fifty battery which is a model and the fifty is the months it's warranty and it has forty seven different tags on it so mm-hmm. the Walmart battery and the Costco battery and the and the uh, uh, Atlas battery and the the blah 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 battery they're all the same with a different tag yeah. so it's not yeah. likely that you're going to have and that's the reason I tell people shop price on batteries who cares what name it's on because it's the same battery and sometimes we find yeah. do you, have you had a security system or anything put in it recently or no, no, it used okay. to have it used to have one, but I cut all that out. So. Okay, because sometimes we find that that people just put something in there, and that is what causes the drain. Drains on it. It. You're yeah. absolutely right. All righty. Well, Tom, or yeah, Tom. Good luck to you. I appreciate your okay. call, Bob and Benjamin. You stay right there because we're going to get you. I've only got 45 seconds to go, and of course, my wife's telling me what to do, and that's the reason why she's <laughs> on this radio show is is to point at the screen and say you're up against a break, or you need to shut up, or calm down and all that kind of stuff when we come back if you're looking for a car i'm going to describe to you a car that's a 2011 camry se 3.5 liter 93,000 miles original car that's just beautiful it's white with fancy wheels and it's got dark tinted windows and it's just really a nice car and this car has hauled our daughter and her young baby all over so it's a good safe car and uh, she's going to sell it because she bought a new Ford. And that's what really makes me mad is the family is changing. <laughs> and we'll be back in a minute. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. There's no question you need Omega-3s. But which form should you take? 
fish oil, or krill oil. Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50+. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-679-5745. 1-800-679-5745. That's 1-800-679-5745. Rich is just a really, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. He lets his 10-year-old nephew beat him at virtual tennis, even though he can straight-up slay his 10-year-old nephew in virtual tennis. When the toilet paper is running low, Rich replaces the roll on the actual holder, not just on the back of the toilet. Rich is texting and driving. Rich, no. What are you doing, Rich? I was just telling everyone how great you are. Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Introducing the YMCA. What, you already know the Y? Or so you think. Sure, you know the Y for a swim, a workout, even a game of hoops. But did you know we're more than that? We're a cause. When you take your jump shot at the Y, someone else is getting job training. Take a cardio class while kids are in an after-school enrichment program. Practice your downward-facing dog as a teen practices her leadership skills. That's the why. We work with people no matter their age, income, or background and give them the opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive, all with one simple goal in mind, to strengthen our community. And we've got so much more that does just that. So while you might think of the why as that place for lifting weights, we're also about lifting entire communities. Introducing the why. We're so much more than a place. We're a cause. Visit ymca.net slash more. All about that demon automobile, the metal monster with the polyglass wheels and result of the dream of Henry Ford. Welcome back, everybody. Well, 30 minutes after the hour, 10 o'clock. We're going to go to some callers, and hey, hon, I'm going to do a caller and then a spot, caller and a spot. Ready? So, Bob, Bob, you're up first. How can I help you today? Mark, did you get the picture I sent you this week of my new tire gauge? Um, I emailed you a picture. You know, I don't remember. Don't, I'm going to tell you about it. Okay. It's a long acre. It's a long acre. It's a dial gauge. It goes up to 60 pounds, and I really like it because it holds the pressure till you release it. And then it's got a bleed-off button where you can bleed the pressure down to exactly what you like. Uh-huh. And it doesn't have a battery because it's just a dial, you know, that goes around. So you never have to worry about replacing a battery or anything. Okay. So is it a gun with a hose and on the end of the hose there's a clip? No, it's just a dial. It's like a big rubber dial that's like six inches in diameter. 
Okay. So old guys like me can read the numbers without having to put on their reading glasses and stuff. Okay. So it's a big round dial that's got a stick coming out of it, and on the end of that stick is where you... It's got a rubber hose. Oh, it's got a rubber hose. It's got a rubber hose. Okay. All righty. All right. That's something that we have as well, but the one I like the best is this little electronic one that's very small, has a small snout on it, and the whole thing is fits in the ha- in your, the palm of your hand. But but yours is fine, um, and I would use that if I'm going to do tractor tires and stuff because I need the heavier volume or I need the higher limits. But no, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'll I'll tell you what happens on my uh, social media. I get a lot of stuff, and my daughter filters it for me because, as you can imagine, sometimes I might get. 20 emails a day about car issues so she helps me with some of those i do the majority of them myself but um so i apologize that i didn't see your your gauge but um obviously it didn't make it to my desk and if you want to blame someone her name is andy (laughs) all righty that's all right thank you thank you very much bob um and that's a air gauge issue all right and now we're gonna let's take benjamin real quick benjamin you're up next how can i help you Hey, good morning, Mark. Uh, we sure appreciate you out here. Thank you. I got a uh, 2003 Lexus ES300 with a V6. Just failed emissions. It's got a catalytic converter problem. So I'm a proud graduate of uh, YouTube University, <laughs> and I found out that it's got two catalytic converters. Yeah. So I got to replace them both. Well, <laughs> you've just jumped over everything. Um, okay. Here's the problem. How many miles are on it? Okay. There's generally going to be uh, an oxygen sensor, and I don't know about your O3, but there's, on. I don't know, but there could be one in the front of the cat and in the back of the cat. Now think about this. We're going to send the exhaust that contains a lot of fuel that we don't really want. So as it goes past the first O2 sensor, the O2 sensor goes Oh, rich, 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 too much fuel, too much fuel. As it goes through the catalytic converter, which is nothing more than a grill that you grill steaks on, but it's red hot and it's lit, then the other oxygen sensor on the backside goes, clean air. Okay, that's what happens. So if one of those two is bad, (laughs) and let's say the front one says lean and the back one says lean, then the computer goes, well, I'm going to open up the fuel faucet to see if I can get that front one to say rich, and nothing happens. So it then sets a code and says, you know what? I've got a catalytic converter efficiency problem. It doesn't mean the cat's bad. We've got a variety of sensors that report to the computer about how the engine is, what's the engine exhausting, and what's coming out of the tailpipe. So I think, I mean, if you want to go replace the two converters, you're going to spend a thousand bucks or more. Or more. They are expensive. <laughs> and on a Lexus, it's two thousand. Yeah. So I would think. Do you have a garage that you respect and use on patronize? No, actually, I uh, you know I looked on your website and I found one up in uh, North Phoenix, but it's about okay. 150 for the diagnostic, and uh, and they don't apply it to the, the final cost, so. Well, you're not going to find very few people that are going to do that because there's two sec- separate operations. Now, did okay. he say that the 150s the top end? Yeah, well, he only quoted one one number. Okay, okay. Th- that that's something that you can ask. You say, is that to not to exceed? Because most of us are going to give you a range. Now, Renee, you just answered the phone. 
Yeah. He wants a a code for a catalytic converter efficiency. Yeah, seventy nine to one twenty nine is what okay. we quote. Okay, and yeah. and but there are times that we go seventy five to one fifty. Absolutely. Especially when I've had it to ten other shops and nobody can find it, then it mm-hmm. goes at two two hundred on the top end. <laughs> Yeah. Because, well, yeah. if, you know, if one guy yeah. can't find it, it's no big deal. But if five shops can't find it, then it's going to be a little harder. But in, in your particular case, maybe call one of the other shops in the area and, and see what they say. Now, did you call the one on 40th and Greenway by chance? No, it was a bomb bell. Oh, okay. 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 All right. Well, that's what I would do. Is And then you can call back the Bell store and say, is that a not to exceed or is it going to be, is that the end? Because a lot of people will just say it's 150. Well, they know that if they get to 89 or 90 and we've already got it diagnosed, then we're done. But in their defense, working on a catalytic converter efficiency code is a lot more work than just looking for an engine misfire because we have to verify the front and back O2 sensors on both cats. So we have to create right. a rich condition to see both of them scream rich. Then we got to create a lean condition to see both of them scream lean. So if one of them doesn't scream with the signal we're sending, then that's going to be the bad one. Then we have to go in and physically look at the O2 sensor, and if it's all crusted up or burn up, and it's especially if it's the post one, we have a problem we're going to have to also address. So that's that's kind of a tough one just because the square box, the testing procedure is kind of wide on a, on a catalytic it converter test. Takes work for them to do it. Yeah. Yeah, but don't 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 just replace the catalytic converters because because. That's just a really bad idea. So I think you'll be happy with just spending a whole lot less having somebody specifically diagnose the problem. Okay? Uh, it sounds good. Thanks, Mark. All righty. And those are the tough ways to go. All okay. right, Steve, you got to stay there because I'm on a break, and I'll be back in about three and a half minutes. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka. President Obama's eight years of leading from behind left the world in flames. From Russia's invasion of Ukraine to North Korea's missile tests and a growing ISIS caliphate. Under President Trump, American leadership is being restored. But that does not mean our enemies have disappeared. That's why I wrote my new book, Why We Fight, defeating America's enemies with no apologies. As a former deputy assistant to President Trump for strategy, I explain the threats posed by enemies like Russia, China, and the global jihadi movement. We must know our enemies and have the will to defeat them. In my book, Why We Fight, we take off the political correctness blinders of the Obama years and learn how we can vanquish our enemies without mortal combat. Sebastian Gorka's new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies, is available now from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. 
This Veterans Day, do more than just celebrate a day in honor of veterans. Take action. November 10th at the Four Points by Sheridan Phoenix South Mountain, 960 The Patriot, and Wings for Warriors present the third annual Wings for Warriors Night of Honor and Giving Gala. Enjoy dinner, music, and guest speaker, a live and silent auction, all in support of veterans and our military families for their sacrifices. Wings for Warriors is a national 501c3 nonprofit organization in support of combat wounded military military service members returning home from Iraq and Afghanistan. Give back to the ones that gave all. November 10th at the Four Points by Sheridan Phoenix South Mountain. Find more event information and purchase your tickets to this special Veterans Day Gala. Go to 960thepatriot.com. Welcome back, everybody. 44 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. The phone number, if you'd like to join us for conversation or if you have a car problem or something like that, let's just stick to the symptoms. What kind of car you got, how many miles it's got on it, and what kind of symptoms do you have? 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. All five lines are open right now. Zeros. 602-508-0960. Automatic Transmission Exchange is on 40th Street in Washington. He's been around since 1968. Phil has been around since Fred Flintstone times. And we had stone cars and stone wheels. He knows transmissions because he started when they first came out. So he understands the fundamentals of using fluid to do different stuff. Because that's what a transmission is all about. High pressure fluid, and we open this valve and close this one for first gear, and then we open this one and close this one for second gear. And this one is, both of them are open or closed for neutral. That's what it's all about. The old transmissions, we used different throttle stuff to make it happen. And on the newer ones, we use electronics to open and close those valves. He knows that. So if you live in Phoenix and you're looking for a transmission shop that'll even take a ride with you, and you can show them what the problem is, then Automatic Transmission Exchange, 40th Street and Washington. So I'm going to talk about Andy's car. My daughter's car is a 2011 Camry SE with a 3.5 liter um, V6 motor, 93,000 miles, original owner, non-smoking, automatic, very clean, and surprisingly enough, she has all the maintenance records. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Now, on the maintenance records we provide, obviously, we're wiping out the prices because those are in-house cars. Mm-hmm. So it's a situation where you're going to get what we did, but you're not going to get any of the pricing because that wouldn't reflect what you'd pay for anyway. It's mechanically sound. It has cold AC, leather interior with seat heaters, power everything, Cirrus XM and capabilities, sunroof, 6CD changer, white interior, I'm sorry, white exterior with a gray interior, and just like my daughter would do, because we do this for our customers. Yeah. We do this kind of analysis for them and help them right there at. She says the KBB, Kelly Blue Book Private Party, gets goes up to 11.2, and mm-hmm. she's got it priced at 11000 or OBO, or yeah. best offer. Yeah. Now, she's kind of a whittler, so she's not going to go down too far. No. But this oh, now also has really nifty black tire or black wheels with rubber band tires. Yeah. So the car sits a little lower than normal, but it's got a very sporty look. Mm-hmm. And she's hauled our granddaughter, Josie, all over Helen Creation in yeah. the back seat of that car. So there's plenty of room for. And I think we've ridden in the back seat when her and Phil oh, yeah. take us to it's dinner. It's real comfortable. So, it's a nice car. It's, it's the bigger Camry or whatever. I think she has it parked out on Warner. 
today. So if anybody wanted to see it, okay, Warner and Hardy. Or you can email me, mark at marksalem.com, mark at marksalem.com, and I will put you in touch with Andy, and yeah, she'll call you back. Yeah, put her email on there, too, Andy at yeah. Salem Boys Auto. Andy at SalemBoysAuto.com and Andy spelled with an I. A-N-D-I, yes. You know what? Look at me now. I, 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 I'm, I was going to spell it. Did you think I couldn't spell it? I wasn't sure because <laughs> you don't even spell my name right most of the time. <laughs> I don't even like you. <laughs> All righty, Gil, we got somebody in the wings. Who is it? Oh, yes, we do. Alan is next. Alan, good morning to you. How can I help you? Morning, Mark. I good morning. I've got a 95 Ford Explorer, runs great, except that the oil gauge on the dash starts in the center where it should, I guess, and after driving just a little bit city or highway, the needle moves almost all the way to the high point and sits there about an eighth inch away. I've, uh, one guy said it's probably the sending unit. I don't know. Was, I, I checked the oil constantly and it's fine. Uh, you think I should be concerned about this or? Well, um, this is one of those situations where if you want to guess, it won't cost much money. The very first thing I would do is I, uh, uh, here's, here's the option. As a shop owner, I would say to you, Okay, Alan, what I'd like to do is is go find the oil pressure switch, which talks to this, the gauge, and I'd like to go ahead and take it out and screw in a manual gauge, and then I'm going to go drive it. And I'm going to see if the manual gauge represents what you see on the gauge, then I really need to know what the low side is. So if it goes down to 20, 25 pounds of pressure, and it normally runs up to 40, I'm not going to be concerned with that. But if it gets down there at 8 or 10, I'm going to be concerned. That's going to cost some money because I have to take the oil pressure switch out. I have to put a manual gauge in it. Then i got to go drive it. Then i got to come back and, and call you with an estimate. I would suggest, if you knew somebody, to just replace the oil pressure switch. That's all. Make sure you get the right one. They're going to be VIN sensitive. Otherwise, you need to have the VIN when you order it. And I would just replace the oil pressure switch. But I also want to ask you this. On the gauge with 100% being you know, to the right and zero being to the left, where does it run normally? Give me the high and the low using a, one, a zero to 100 scale. So when it's low, is it below half or is it below a quarter? Oh, oh, oh wait a second. No, I meant that the it's just a needle and there's a, the low, you know, if it's low, and then there's the high pressure. It, it doesn't go low. It goes towards the high pressure. Okay. So what you're saying is is there's actually some gold posts in that gauge. There's, there's two vertical pieces, and then there's a horizontal hoop. So we have a range defined on the gauge on your Ford. Yes? Yeah. It, well, basically, it, it, it's dead center. The needle's straight up. Okay, but, I understand that. It, but what I'm saying is is there is a mark on the gauge... That gives you like don't go lower than this and don't go higher than this, right? Uh, not, not really. It's just okay. the H on the left and uh, I think L on the right, and it goes towards the H, the high point. Okay, I don't know of an oil pressure switch or a temperature gauge that starts on hot on the left. Usually, it's low pressure or lower temperature. No, it, start, it, it starts in the middle. 
All right. Um, if the gauge varies from the middle a little bit to the low side, a little bit to the high side, I don't think you have anything to worry about, especially since you haven't said anything about the motor clacking or clicking or any abnormal noises. So I think what we have is just a discrepancy between I, I know that there's goalposts on your gauge, and that, that's a range. So the range says here's the lowest mark and here's the highest mark. So as long as you're in that range of what they call the goalposts, then you're fine. Now, another thing you can do is check to see if there's a red oil light. So turn your key to the on position. Don't start the car. Let the dashboard light up. If you have a red oil light, then the sender, when it drops and says, whoa, oil pressure's getting too low, then the computer will turn on the red oil light, and that will then tell you you have a problem. Now, on the high side, if you've got too high oil pressure and then it comes down, or if it starts low and goes high, I'm not real concerned about that, although what you're describing is just the opposite of what we normally see. We normally see it start high and move to the low. So in, in any way at all, as long as it's in the gauge, now you can open up your owner's manual and look, but they're going to have a picture of your oil pressure gauge, and they're going to tell you this is the lowest spot, this is the highest we're looking for. Or just stop by your garage and just show them what you're talking about. That's something that almost every garage I know of would just talk to you for three or four minutes and look at your gauge and tell you what too low is and tell you what too high is. I think that would be an appropriate thing to do. All right, well, good luck, Alan. Good luck with your 95 Explorer. And, uh, and in the absence of clattering, I, I think you're okay. Go ahead. Thanks a lot. Okay, you're welcome, Alan. Larry Harker's Auto is at 38th Avenue in Indian School. Why do I like Larry Harker's Auto? Is because Bob and Ellen, husband and wife, run it. Ellen runs the front counter, and you're not going to get to talk to Bob unless she wants you to. She also is really good at finding what you need because she knows what questions to ask, and she knows what to write down that's important. That's kind of important. Now, women don't have that problem, but men do. Women come in, and they'll, they'll even make the noise in a lobby full of people. Quack, quack, quack. My car goes quack, quack, quack. It's funny because women will tell us the symptoms. Guys will want to tell us all their years of experience on YouTube. But Larry Harker's auto, Bob's one of the best diagnosticians I've ever met in my life. Auto electrical work, brake service, auto emissions, vehicle maintenance, engines, transmissions, failed emissions. He has all the equipment necessary to diagnose and repair all of that stuff. So they also work on foreign and domestic. Not too long ago, I sent a customer to Bob, and the customer's story starts out the same. I've had it to every shop in town, and nobody can fix it. Bob fixed it. Mm -hmm. Bob fixed it to the customer's satisfaction. And there was no question he fixed it because the customer said within hours after I got my truck back, everything was fine. So if you're looking for a good shop and you're anywhere near 38th Avenue Indian School, then I would go to Larry Harker's Auto. And if you have a problem and you say, I've had it to everybody in town and nobody can find it and fix it, then you might go talk to Bob at Larry Harker's Auto. All righty, we've got a caller, right? That's right. Buddy is next. Buddy, good morning. How can I help you? Hey, good morning. Good morning. I've got a 97 Toyota Corona, and it will not let me ride in the rain with it. And when uh, um, when I try and start in the morning, forget it. What's going on with my car? Okay, so we have to back up and do a little better description. So when it's wet and raining, the car won't start or run? It won't start and won't drive. Okay. And, 
and and if it's dry as a bone, it starts and runs all day fine. You got it. Okay. Well, I'm going to think out loud here. The car has no idea if it's raining or not. The computer has no idea. However, that we have a primary ignition system and a secondary ignition system. The secondary ignition system is the spark side of that system. So I'm thinking that the water is contaminating a connection like at the coil and that we've got a broken core on the coil and when it rains there's a lot of moisture in the air and the moisture is redirecting the spark to one of the terminals on the coil. Or the coil wire could be bad from the coil to the distributor cap or the distributor cap could be cracked and that's causing the rain and the moisture to affect where the spark is being sent. So per, to be perfectly honest with you, <laughs> this That's ain't going to be a, a weird, it's, it, but it's, it's not going to be hard okay. because I would, if, if it was my, in, what part of town do you live in? Um, Phoenix. Okay. North, south, east, west. Uh, west. Okay. West Phoenix. You can go to Harker's at 38th Avenue in Indian school. He's a, he'd be a good guy, but this is what I do. Um, I'd make sure you brought it in when it was a good hot day and it was running just fine. Now, I want you to know that this is highly technical from this point forward, so if I lose you, just let me know. I would lift the hood, and I would get a spray bottle from my wife who sprays her plants with water, and I would start spraying the ignition system with that water, and pretty soon I would hear real loud. And then I'd look down and see this spark going crazy. Then I'd take an air hose, and I'd also hear the motor start running poorly. And then I'd blow all the water off the coil tower, and all of a sudden it starts running good. Two minutes. And then I would call you and tell you I had $450 worth of diagnostic charges and 30 yeah. bucks to replace the coil. Is, is that okay with you? Oh, yeah, yeah, perfectly. <laughs> and, of course, I'm glad you're laughing because I was teasing you. But no, really and truly, right. that that's what needs to happen. If the rain is the common denominator, it's going to be something in the secondary system. So the coil sends hot spark to the distributor. The distributor sends it to the rotor. The rotor sends it to the individual cylinders. Somewhere in there, water is redirecting the spark. That's uh, all there is to it. Right. All right? Sounds fair to me. Okay. Well, good luck to you. Good luck to Thank you. Thank you. See you ya. betcha. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, it's it's one that you don't hear very often. No. It's certainly one that we have fixed in 39 years, I mm-hmm. can tell you that much. But water creates all kinds of issues. I remember a lady coming in, and she says, when it's raining, my air conditioning blows fog. But her windshield was leaking into the evaporator case, yeah. and the air conditioning fan was picking it up and blowing it out. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was come out in a mist kind of thing. Hmm. So well, it's good. It doesn't rain here too much, so yeah. we don't have that problem too often. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> All righty. If you'd like, we have another hour of the show, so you're welcome to stack up the line, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open, and there's five of them. Gil will handle it, and as soon as you call in, he gives me the air gun noise, and that tells me that you're on the uh, on the queue, in the queue, and I will uh, take you just like that. There you go. Now, we used to have a doorbell, but people complained that when Gil pushed the doorbell, their dogs would bark. <laughs> Like ours do. Ooh, that's right. That's right. So they're listening to the radio, and they're in the kitchen, and Gil hits the doorbell, and the dogs start barking. So we went to an air gun. We think it's more appropriate. 602 508 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.